Hello, Podcast Nation. Welcome to the Be Great, Be Kind, Steve Kim Experience Podcast, numero nine. I'm super, super excited as I have one of uh, my, I'm going to say one of my best friends on the podcast with me. He is just such an incredibly genuine, kind-hearted, hardworking, honest, amazing human being. And the moment I met him, uh, we just... Kind of initially, we just, we just kind of hit it off, you know. I, I gave him a little bit of a of a razzing because he was just starting <laughs> off, but um, I quickly realized and I knew that just how incredible this this person was, and we've developed kind of this relationship, right? What like over a decade, brother and you've de- yeah, brother, exactly like family, um, and he's yeah, absolutely one of my best friends. So I'm super super excited that you're here, that you took uh, some time out of your busy day. <laughs> in weeks because you got a brand new beautiful baby at home and I'm sure that's consuming a ton of your time um, but I just want to say thank you so much for coming here to kind of share your experiences and speak your truth so thank you for having me yeah I know it's amazing so let's get right into it so this is Levy Gorin so Levy Gorin tell me how was it like growing up on the mean streets of Thornhill <laughs> the not, not so mean streets of Thornhill yeah uh, life was good, and and big shout outs to to my mom, my dad, and my sister. Um, so, my sister is ten years older than me. Um, I think, you know, when when my parents came to Canada, um, and they came with nothing. It's kind of the typical immigrant story. Yeah. So I think my sister really had kind of lived that that life, you know. Yeah. And I, I know my parents that worked so hard, and my dad had multiple jobs. And my mom was trying her best, and um, they moved around a lot, and, yeah, and all that. And I know, you know, I, I know my sister went through stuff, yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. And it was tough. It was tough for her, and and she won't even she won't probably admit to it or that, but it, it was tough. But you know, kind of when I was born, I feel like things were things were good. So I actually I feel like you know I kind of bypassed that that part of. <clears throat> Of life, okay, and I, I grew up, uh, you know, I won't say privileged, but to me everything felt good. Yeah, you know? like I had a good life and a great upbringing and a warm home, and I just felt loved, you know, and I had had a good kind of core set of friends and yeah. and had a great experience in school and it was it was great. So you know, no complaints. Thornhill Thornhill's been good to me. <laughs> <laughs> it's made you hard. The street meet streets of Thornhill made you hard. So I want to just kind of quickly talk about that immigrant experience because yeah. you know, you know, my parents being immigrants yeah. as well, like kind of growing up in that in that household, when I was living through it, I was like, "Oh, I don't know if this is at that time because we're young. I was young. I'm like, "Oh, I don't know. Like it just I don't know if this is the type of lifestyle that, you know, I want. I kind of wanted, you know, the quote-unquote typical lifestyle when, you know, my friends were, you know, their parents were born here and things like that. But looking back on it now, I think having an immigrant lifestyle, immigrant parents, working hard, growing up, you know, not with like tons and tons of money has helped me to become the person who I am today. So just understanding the concept of like hard work, Absolutely. understanding the value of money. Yeah. Like And, and... I know my mom always, you know, talks about now how I would beg to go to Toys R Us. Yeah. Like it was my favorite place to be. <laughs> it's still my favorite place. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, and she would be brutally honest with me in the store and be like, we don't have money for those things. Yeah. And I would always eye those kids. Uh, and I, I grew up in a co-op and, uh, you know, a lot of renters, uh, people in RGI yeah. and stuff like that. So, 
for me, I didn't I didn't always see like tremendous wealth, but I went to school with people who lived in in, in those mansions. Yeah, you know, <laughs> and, yeah, yeah. Uh, and I got to see a, a glimpse into that and and all the things that they had. And uh, I remember learning at an early age like the value of a dollar, like yeah. how hard it is to earn a dollar, but how easy it is to spend one. Oh man. And I think uh, that's I think that's almost like the immigrant immigrant mantra, <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah. Like it's truly yeah. like it's so hard to make money, so hard. but it's so easy to spend it, <laughs> you right? Can, you can blow it in an instant. Yeah, yeah. And um, I remember coming home upset when I realized my friends had um, this thing <clears throat> called an allowance. I've okay. never heard of the word. Yeah. And they're like, let me get this straight. You get money every week yeah just cuz yeah yeah right and I came home and I was like huffing and puffing I'm like mom right <laughs> where when do I get my allowance yeah and she looked at me and was like what, what's an allowance you know like yeah. you know, whatever whatever like Dan over there he gets gets like five bucks a week yeah yeah she's like for doing what he's like I don't know just cuz because right. he's living and breathing? Yeah. <laughs> in a house he doesn't and, pay and anything for. My long. mom quickly was like, that's not how the world works. You know? No, no, no Massive shout out to you, Mama Gordon. That's the right way. That's the best message. And she'd always say to me, it's like, you know, I, I'm, I'm your mother. I will provide for you. You, yeah. you need to eat? I'm going to feed you. You need yeah. a roof over your head? It's here. Yeah. You know what I mean? But I'm not just going to give you money. Yeah. What are you going to do with that money? She yeah. said, you're going to go to the community store, you're going to blow it. Yeah. You don't know how hard I work to earn that $5. Yes, yes. I'm not just going to give it to you. And I love it. It's Have you taken, let me ask you, because, yeah. you know, Emma's young. She's a baby. Yeah. Sorry to kind of like cut you off. <laughs> no, no. Do you think you're going to use the same way that your parents taught you about money the value of money do you think you'll take kind of that you know that hard stance with emma i'd I'd love for her to work and understand like just how hard it is yeah right and i got a job fairly early on um you know teaching swimming and then lifeguarding and i remember learning like i'm like okay doing the math how many how dollars per hour do I sure earn? yeah 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 okay I, w- I want a drum set that was a big thing for me nice I okay. wanted a drum set and I wanted to pay for it okay and I you know it's the cost of a drum set and how you know how hard do I have to work yeah. and understanding like well I also want to save you know because I grew up with this mentality it's like you got to squirrel away money it's yeah. just it's super important for your future yeah and save for things like education and I wanted to try and help pay for university and stuff like that so you know, I had that conflict. Like, I want things. Of course. I'm a kid. But you're a kid, yeah. You know, shiny things, nice, yeah. nice things. Yeah. Things that I see my friends have. But I also, I want to put myself in a position where I can be successful in the future. So yes. that kind of dichotomy. And, and, and it's true. It's true for all adults right now, too. It's like, but uh, I think learning money management, and I don't think I was sat down and like taught like a hard lesson. Like, here's like nine things you need to know about money management. But through just, you know, seeing how hard my parents work and just understanding money how you know how hard it is to earn a dollar yeah. and and save that dollar i think it's really helped me in my life and my kind of financial health and yeah and understanding and i definitely want my my daughter to to learn those lessons too okay i don't want to give her things yeah um well you do you do you, you, i you mean do. i have that in you know that feeling inside like I, I want to provide for her i want to give her a better life um than even i had and i had a um, but at the same time, I, I want her to, to work and, and, and earn what, what's hers. And well. to understand it, right? Yeah. So you have a little bit of a different 
background, like you and, and your wife Nicole, you're yeah. both educators, you're teachers, yeah. right? So, eleven uh, years now. Yeah. So sometimes <laughs> I look at even my own kids. You know, my wife's a teacher as well, and I'm like, yeah. it's great. We're going to support them. We're going to kind of teach them and show them the things that not necessarily they're going to learn in the classroom, but at the same time, like I don't want to kind of pave everything for them. I want them. I want the kids to fail. I want them to f- understand the concept of resilience and like picking yourself back up and like it being on them, right? Do you think having an educator's background, like being teachers, is going to help you with that? Or is it just so different? Like they are your students and then <laughs> this these are your children, right? Yeah, no. I honestly, like I've learned so much even just in feels like a short 11 years as a teacher yeah. uh, that I feel like I can bring back um, now it is a diff- it is different like you know I, I'm not anyone's parent obviously when I go to school and go to work um, but you know there are moments when kids are going through tough times in school and oh, yeah and I, I reflect about on this a lot like there there have been some kids over the 11 years that have gone through stuff that have come to me I know have come to you as well um, really hurting and at that time like you throw that teacher hat away and yeah. you just want to be there for them. Not not as a parent, it's good to have parents, but uh, there's so many lessons I've learned about just listening and um, not being judgmental and, and, and just hearing a kid out and all that too. And I feel like I'm going to definitely take a lot of that kind of into into my dad role. Yeah, um, yeah. And obviously this is my first child as well, so there's I'm learning every day. Yeah. Uh, but absolutely, I think being around kids and just loving being around kids and and good, bad, ugly, you know, <laughs> blood, sweat, and tears. Yeah, yeah. It, it's definitely shaped me as a father for sure. It it, it has, and it will, because you know, in the course of your teaching career, you've taught thousands of kids. Yeah. Whether in the classroom or on the courts, like in yeah. the gym, like thousands of kids have come through your door, and every kid is different. Every single one. And every kid, even like when I was a teacher, I looked at it as like, that's a learning opportunity for every child that comes through. So you build this like crazy capacity, not only as a teacher and as a human being, but absolutely as a father. And I'll go on to admit, having my daughter transformative in my teaching and in my personal life. Because not that I didn't realize all of the inequities that existed between men and women, even now, like if you look at some of the Fortune 500 companies, like yeah. just the sheer, you know, like dichotomy between how many CEOs are males versus females. Yeah, we both have daughters, so we, we pay closer attention now. And I think sure. that was the thing. And I remember, yeah. like, you know, when Jordan was born, and I was like, starting to become, I wouldn't say that I wasn't proactive before, like, you know, you know, promoting how amazing women are like in jobs and and everything but having a daughter made me more cognizant of everything that I taught day to day to day Absolutely. to make sure make the conscious effort and decision to also highlight just how incredible women are are right even further than just you know their male male counterparts like it just not doesn't always have to be you know direct competition but it's like there are female females who are way way better <laughs> Absolutely. In their field Absolutely. than like anyone else. And are most important beings that there are on the earth, right? Yeah. So like, I guess wives. my question is, yeah. has it changed you as a teacher? Like 100%. Okay. 100%. How? As when I, when we found out that I was having a daughter, yeah. I think instantly, I think just my worldview changed. Yeah. And 
um, and and it translated to in the classroom yeah. and the lessons as well. It's I think you and I and some of the things that I, I know because I've, I've been your, your teaching partner for so many years, um, we've always brought kind of inequalities and inequities yeah. to to the classroom. And I get it. There's a curriculum, and we have to teach kids how to read, write, and all that. But I know a big focus for us is is talking about you know, what's what's not just, right? What are the social injustices in the world? And that was a big one. I, mean, I think really kind of honed in on, you know, why in 2019 yeah. right, is there still such a crazy dichotomy? Yeah, A, a man and a woman have the exact same job description, yeah. do the exact same work. And I, I don't have the stat in front of me right now, but, but by and large, the men are getting paid more. Yeah. And it's not right. Yeah. And as a man, I, I, you know, as a dude, to stand up and say that's not right, I think there's a lot of power in that. And um, bringing that to the classroom and being able to kind of share that, I think, is, is important. And, and not even share that, and then tell them, but have kids explore and, and realize, like, just how how many inequalities there are, that being, that being one of them. Do you think because we taught in the elementary panel that the kids are too young to really fully understand that? No. Especially not in grade seven, grade eight, mm -hmm. where we've had all, yep. almost all of our experience. Absolutely not. Um, I think that their minds are incredible. <laughs> There's a lot of you know my my wife's a grade one teacher, right? And and her role is so different. I, I see it so different. Oh like, yeah, she's teaching kids how to read. You know, like like a foundational, <laughs> like you know, like it's super important. And, and and they come to us. I mean, they know how to read. Yeah. Right? And so I see our view as educators so different. Yeah. Right? Just being able to open their eyes up to what's going on, to see that the world exists um, in a very significant way around their sphere, around their bubble. Yeah, yeah. And to teach what it, what does it mean to be like a like a, a kind person, a, yeah. a good member of society, and and uh, and understand global inequalities, and and even realize that they can do something about it. That's actually some yeah. of the, prou the proudest work that we've done. I love that you brought that up. Yeah, it's the proudest work that we've done. It's. It, you know, like over these eleven years, I'm, I've loved uh, so many things. But some of the things that stand out the most are when we've been able to give back. Yes, and um, it's that social awareness, absolutely that morality piece, like building capacity. You know, formulating that moral compass among kids, right? Empathy, huge, <laughs> huge, <laughs> right? Like it should be in the curriculum. Agreed. Like empathy, right? Sorry, I, I just I'm, I'll go off on a wicked tangent. Yeah. You know me, yeah. Like, but you know, for example, every year when we're consistently uh, donating three thousand, four thousand, um, you know, non-perishable food items to a food bank, coming from a school of what are we sub three hundred for a while? Yeah, right. We're not. We yeah, we've been <laughs> sub three hundred for a long time. Yeah, yeah, um, and just. The kid, it's not even it's not even just the, the act of donating, but the kids really understanding how important it is, right? And that there are members of our community, right, in in Vaughan who go without. Yes. And that there are food banks and people do utilize them. Yes. And it is important to to help provide for those who don't who are less fortunate. And, you know, kids that I know even in their, you know, privately they don't have a lot at home. But yeah. for them to still come out you know take a few bucks uh not 
goes blow it on the dollar ammo across the street. <laughs> but to say, you know what, I'm going to go and and find how can I get, make these few dollars that I do have, or, or and make them stretch and and then donate all that food. Uh, it's been incredible. I, mean, I, I want to, if if it's okay, I want to share an experience. We we do a lot of social justice yeah. action pieces in the class, and I remember for years and years and years. Um, I used to do, can you live on a dollar a day? Yeah. Can you live on a dollar? Yeah, I remember this. I didn't remember that. It was powerful. And the thing is, is like, uh, here, and it, and it really wasn't trying to, I wasn't trying to torture the kids or anything like that. Just a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I wanted them to just have an incredible amount of awareness with just what they had here, yeah, what they have here compared to other parts of the world. And so the project was, you can get in groups of four, but you need to create essentially enough sustenance or buy enough sustenance to last you the entire day. And we would walk over to No Frills. And No Frills yeah. was probably about two, three kilometers away. And I always made sure we did in the wintertime. Yeah, yeah. In the wintertime. <laughs> and I remember coming back after the kids just stressing like crazy at No Frills, being like, Mr. Kim, like, this is so hard. Like, what are we going to do? I'm like, you just need to feed four people on a dollar yeah. a day. So four dollars. Get together. And just the sheer misery on their faces, coming back, sitting in the lunchroom, and just being like, I can't believe people live like this, right? And it's not, I'm not gonna say that it's exactly apples for apples, but it's just building this awareness in the kids. And then we you talked about the food banks, like we would crush the food banks. And I remember so vividly, one grade eight boy, we were going up to the Vaughn food bank and he wouldn't get off the bus. I was like, hey, what's going on, man? Like, you know, we raised so much. Like, this is, we're doing such a great thing. And he just started breaking down. And I was like, yeah. whoa, what is going on here? And it was after a few minutes, just kind of talking. He was like, Mr. Kim, he's like, my dad and I used to come here. Yeah. When we were young, when, when I was younger. It's and powerful. for me to kind of come back right now is difficult. And I was like, okay, then I'll sit outside with you. Yeah. Right? Until you're ready. And if you're not ready, then I'll sit outside with you all the time. It's, it's hard it, to know. It's but... so eye-opening. Even as a teacher, we try to do this for, for the kids that we teach. But even as a teacher, we forget. We forget the kids that come in our class, right? Not everyone's eating breakfast. You yeah. Know? Like, yeah. Not everyone has got money for the latest kicks. And and um, it's tough. You know, there's there's families that are struggling. We don't, you know, renting in basements. And... Yeah coming from from other countries and trying to make it in yeah. Canada absolutely yeah. and this is this is was our reality for yeah, sure, yeah 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 it is it's big you know. can I ask you because yeah. you're such an awesome teacher <laughs> thank you <laughs> one thing that I always told the grade eights is like you leave these doors yeah when we meet five ten twenty years down the road I'll be severely upset with you if you remember any of the academic lessons, <laughs> yeah. right? You know this about me. Yeah, yeah. Because then they just missed it. They didn't fully understand what we were trying to do, right? What would you say is your defining attribute as a teacher that you'll always want your kids to remember you by? Simple, how I how I made them feel, like how I treated them. Like for me, like I said, curriculum is curriculum, but you and I know, like if you go on YouTube or you Google it, you're yeah. gonna find a lesson probably better than than what yeah. I just delivered. Yes, uh, or you know, someone that like is way, way more knowledgeable, yeah, yeah. way more knowledgeable yeah. in whatever. Yeah, but I, I I hope that the kids remember that I I cared. Yeah, and that you know I tried to bring it every yeah. single day. Yeah, I tried to be innovative. Yeah, and for them to have fun. Yeah, um, I think when I first started teaching, I was really 
worried about like, ah, oh, there's like 20 things in the curriculum document and I got to get through all 20 and got to report on all of them and show their parents that they've learned everything so they're ready. And, and I quickly realized like, it's not like it's that. not like that. You know, I, I would I would much rather focus in on kids feeling good, coming to school, being safe, and they will learn. Like this way, yeah. they will learn. And um, it, it was definitely a shift. Um, but for me, like I'm I'm really hopeful that they understand that, and, and a lot like the name of your podcast that that being kind wins. Yes, right and. And you can carry that kindness with you uh, forever. Yeah. And we can practice being kind, uh, kind citizens. We can practice giving back, and we can understand that the world is bigger than than just our little bubble. Yeah. That, that's what I hope. And that's one thing that I always found remarkable about you, and for for teachers who have this share the same qualities, is just how real you are as a teacher, like not even as real as a teacher when you're teaching how real you are to the kids like you know if maybe you made a little mistake here like you're like yeah i own that that's on me you don't try to cover it up right and in doing that that's very powerful right and you will always try to connect with the kids because let's be honest when all the kids graduate and they come back not there's no self-promotion here but there are two teachers they always come back to (laughs) right and i'm not trying to say this like but why i bring that up is because I agree with you. I don't think I'm the best teacher in the world. Yeah. I 100% know that you can find lessons far better than what I just taught you on the internet. But it's how we, we treated them yeah. with kindness, that we would we were not judging you. Like, so it's what I want my teaching legacy to be. Yeah. Absolutely. Right? Um, Do you think you ever get faulted for that, though? Or, ha- sorry, have you ever been faulted for that? Because, you know... And I get it. You know, we got to teach expectation one through 5,000 <laughs> and get it done in like six weeks. Like big picture here, big picture. Do you think, I, I guess my question is, do you think that the schools and school boards are yeah. missing the big picture? I think some teachers are. I think there's still a lot of teachers that are, are caught up in, you know, pushing curriculum and all that. But yeah. listen, I think everyone's got their own style. And I think that's one of the, the things that is, the the best thing about teaching is that ultimately at the end of the day a door closes and we are left left largely up to our own devices to deliver the curriculum how we see fit as professionals but with all that responsibility right comes responsibility and um listen i'm I'm always trying to figure out better ways to to teach and to better myself um but have i been faulted i mean I think there there's going to be some administrators that will will get that I'm I'm you know I'm going to have like a different approach yeah and there's some going to be you know maybe a little bit more by the book sure, and maybe sure. won't get yeah what I do and yeah. and kind of my style and I'm okay with that yeah thing is is that um, you know I'm I'm a big boy now and I'm okay I'm okay if some people don't get it for me if the kids are happy and they're learning um, then I'm happy and yeah. I feel like I've done my job and I've done it to the best of the ability that I, I can. I had a shout out to my first practicum teacher, uh, Mr. Brian Brian McCormack. Be wild if he ever listens to this, but um, <clears throat> Brian McCormack, we're coming for you. <laughs> <laughs> and um, yeah, I taught at, at down in Toronto, John Ross Robertson uh, Public School, and he was a wicked guy. First yeah. of all, he's the brother of of. Um, I believe his name is Eric McCormick, the guy who played Will in Will and Grace. Oh, really? It was just wow. No. Yeah, and he's <laughs> as crazy. cool as you think he would. Yeah, be, yeah, right? yeah, like, yeah. Um, 
just wicked into drama and all that and and just a wickedly nice human being yeah okay and i couldn't have imagined a better first experience walking in totally green yeah right, into the profession and just being able to shadow him and one of the things he always said is he, his first practicing teacher was this like old greek lady yeah and he had he was wicked with accents i'm not even going to attempt to do an old greek lady <laughs> accent right but he he said to me he's like this teacher would say, you know, these kids, they just need to, to read a little bit, write a little bit, do a little bit of math, and they're going to be all right. Yeah, you know yeah, I mean? yeah, yeah. And he took that philosophy. He made sure the kids read a little bit, you know, yeah. wrote a little bit, did a little bit of math. And yeah. he just filled the day with just awesomeness and fun. And he let the kids fall on their face, trying things and pick themselves back up. And, I love it. And, and just enjoy life yeah while being at school build great you know oh, I love it and and have the guts to stand up in front of a class and deliver a wicked talk or whatever you know you have yeah, to do yeah. so many things yeah and it just opened my eyes up it's like we have this crazy blank slate no one there's no manual that says you will teach like this and you will perform this lessons in this order it's on us yeah. as teachers and, yeah and he really took advantage of that and he it was fun like yeah, I'll yeah. Say it, it was fun and a lot of I, I feel like you know I, I try and bring a lot of that yeah obviously I have a different style but like uh, bring a lot of that to to what I do as a sure teacher. Yeah. yeah for sure and, th and that's really really incredible right because from very early on you being green and just starting just understanding that concept of like teaching what we do curriculum wise is important but equally as important is just creating a, a positive fun environment for these kids okay. to a to be able to fail which i think sh like parents if you're listening you got to let your kids fail you have to let them fail and it's i powerful. would say and i would say even as a school system you got to let those those students fail at times i'm not saying fail them <laughs> yeah but we have to allow them the the opera and i call it an opportunity to fail because there's no way you're going to build grit and resilience and understand what that means if they don't if 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 we don't allow them to do that it, like this whole concept yeah. you know I'm, I'm gonna bring this up is like in our school board like kids in the elementary panel they don't get failed we're not allowed pretty much yeah like does that go against you and your philosophy we're getting into controversy that's controversial yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know I grew up when I grew up, I guess in kids school, failed. Oh, yeah, kids they failed. failed, and and it, you know, and and maybe they were embarrassed and they had to, you know, repeat grade, whatever. Um, that's tough, you know. Like I think, obviously, now we have more supports available, sure, to make sure that kids get what they need. Yeah, and I think it's important that we kind of provide that and yes. catch kids before they 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 do ultimately like fail a grade or something like that. Yeah, yeah. Um, but. On the micro day to day, absolutely, kids should fail. Yes, absolutely, you should be able to hand back a test that says, you, you know, or whatever, an assessment, be like, you just didn't meet the expectations yeah. here. Yeah, and what are we going to do about it? Yeah, right. Um, I think that's that's so powerful that you said that. You hand back a failing grade or a test, and then just the way you you phrase that is like, what are we going to do about yeah. this? Right, and just what you because I don't want to wash my hands of it too. Yeah, but like, what are we going to do about it? You know, and I think I think there's tremendous power in falling on your face. Yeah, and not I, I would say like there's a generation of kids that are just not used to it. Yeah, and when it happens to them later in life as adults, yeah, are they gonna know what to do? Yeah, are they gonna understand 
how to work through those feelings of I absolutely fell on my face right now. Yes. I tried something and it went horribly. Yeah. Right. And I'm and I don't have an adult around to you know hold my hand through this right now. What yeah. am I going to do about it? Yeah. Yeah. There's so much learning in in failure. Tremendous. I think the best. Yeah. I think the best learning comes from failure. Right. And one of the videos, you know, I'm on this crazy video journey. One of yeah. the videos I remember doing was a Facebook, Instagram live where I was standing inside of a house where I lost the listing and it blew up. Like my, the DMS that I ended up getting through Facebook was just insanity. Like realtors being like, Oh my gosh, I've been so afraid <laughs> to do that. It's so refreshing. It's so inspiring to see you do that. Yeah. Because that's the reality of it. Everything is so polished and perfect on social media and everyone paints social media to be so bad that for me, I was like, I'm going to make a conscious decision that I am going to post my failures. Not only for my my students that I've taught to be like, oh my gosh, Mr. Kim failed, but to show them that even me, your former teacher fails, but I don't let it hold me down. Yeah. The big push, the number one reason for that is for my kids, Jordan and Noah. To be like, Daddy failed at things, but he it didn't let him it didn't hold him down. Yeah. He kept he pushing through, and it, maybe it's the teacher in me. Yeah, that I'm using Absolutely. social media as a teaching platform. It is to it showcase is. people. It's not and, perfect and polished. And you know, and I know now, kind of in the classroom, so many kids are consumed. Oh my with trying gosh. to create a social media kind of presence at a such a gram worthy right yeah. like yeah yeah and, yeah and to only portray beauty and perfection yeah and i think it's it's so dangerous yeah it's so dangerous and so i think there needs to be more people on social media that post things that aren't perfect and show their failures why do you think they, they do? do why do you think they don't sorry <sighs> i know why i don't think people do i think i think a, a lot of the media that kids are consuming is just this polished perfect it's you should look this way you yeah. should you know and wear this stuff wear this act stuff. this way this is what cool is and it's being yeah. defined differently like when i was a kid like we looked up to whatever right yeah this star whatever yeah that was what generated what cool is and now cool is whatever's flying on instagram what's yeah, trending yeah you know? yeah, like, yeah it's become this crazy hashtag life and yeah. it's it's kind of scary and as a dad like now right yeah. i realize that my daughter's going to grow up in this and and i don't want her understanding what of value to be what you know the internet says is beautiful or what the internet says is is cool right i want her to 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 just love herself and not be consumed with what people message you know or what comments they're leaving on on her social media like, i don't know she's 10 months old so I might yeah, be jumping but, the gun but but uh, these are things I worry about yeah for sure. and I think a, a lot of parents worry about the yeah. same thing they have the same uh, worries I don't know I just even in speaking to you right now maybe I'm going to create an account like a Stephen Kim Holmes fail account <laughs> and it just it is all I'm posting on there is just everything fail worthy like I don't know right not not in a funny way to make yeah, fu no, to no. make fun of the fails but to show people that failing is part of living and in it's doing part of, it's part of success too right like yeah. it, it truly is but I'm okay to do that I know a lot of people they struggle with even doing a video and I think even a larger percentage of the population just wouldn't post those fails because they're too concerned about what, what the, about the judgment from other people whereas for me like I just I'd just like to care. think I'm pretty <laughs> it's not that I don't care I just I know what I do yeah. I know what's important to me 
and I know what the end game is. I know where I want to go, and getting to where I want to go trumps anything else, like the small little trolling comments, how I may feel, like my ego's bruised a little bit. That that stuff doesn't matter to me. It's the end product, right? Yeah. If in doing so, I'm helping to build capacity for other people, that's worth like $100 million to me, right? I know we both kind of watch Gary Vee, and his big oh, thing is, is like, geez. he wants to make kindness cool. Like he really wants to make kindness cool, right? And a lot of people think of kindness as a weakness. I heard that all the time. Oh, you're too yeah. kind, you're too kind, you're too kind. I'm gonna butcher the quote. And I, 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 I don't, you know, <laughs> it's coming off the top of my head, but something like, you know, um, it's it's nice to be important, Yeah. but it's important to be nice. Yeah. And, uh, and I, I love, yeah. That, that's amazing. <laughs> I just, I, that's I, a, don't know who said I heard it. you saying that, I'm just processing it. That's a freaking amazing. It, I, don't, I don't know who said it. Shout out to whoever just said that, but I I don't remember even where I heard it, but it it is important to be nice. It's important to be kind. And people need to have that as a core pillar yeah. in their life. And it's transformative. Right? Yeah. If you wake up every day and think about how you can be kind and you can be nice. Yes. Right? You're going to have a wildly different day. Yes. Than if you wake oh, huge. up huge. Huge think about money or yeah whatever fame success how many likes you get on instagram like i think people need to and maybe this is what garyby's talking about making kindness cool yeah. right it is if this is a, a true pillar in people's life it's transformative right it's gonna, it's gonna help people big time help people save lives change the way that we do our like function day to day i think is is tremendous Thank you so much for listening to this podcast. Please stay tuned for part two next week. As always, be great, be kind, everyone. Take care. Bye-bye.